0: Are you ready for this? Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm Corey. I'm Logan. And we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you. Welcome to the Principles Podcast. Welcome back to Principles with Corey and Logan. And we are super excited about our next guest uh, today. And um, this is someone, you know, I've actually gotten to know over the last few years, I would say um, many of you know, I guess, me from the entrepreneur lane. And um, I guess this is somebody that has really helped me on my entrepreneurial journey. Since we really started, I, I didn't know anything about business. And she has helped me learn a lot about business uh, and, and somebody I just not only trust, but also respect and admire. So welcome to the podcast, Miss Amanda Engel. Thanks. Glad to be here. Appreciate the invitation. Yeah, well, we're excited to dig in and learn more about your journey and uh, learn from you, too. But before we do, we always like to ask, you know, this is Principles with Corey and Logan. What are some of your core values, some of the principles you try to live out um, daily or at least on a consistent basis?
1: Man, that's a broad question, but I'll, I'll try to make it concise. Uh, I think principles are evolving, as you become more of an individual person that as you grow uh, but I would say for 2020 you know some people have a life word for the year um, in mind for 2020 was balance and I started to try to figure out you know where do you find balance you know especially being a professional female being a mom um, being a community member and so I thought you know let's think about all the concepts of your life so spiritual emotional physical and mental and where do you find balance and I kind of, I ran three half marathons in 2019 and I realized you can overdo physical. Um, I've done 22 years of CPA work and with high stress days, so I can overdo mental. Um, Being female, you can easily overdo emotional uh, and spiritual is something you probably can't get enough of. You could, you could go down that path and it probably is the core of all of it. Um, But as a result of doing that, I began to realize, okay, now if I found balance, if I start with spiritual and I make sure I take care of physical and emotional and mental who I am, then what are the core values for 21 that will, that will be a value to me. And uh, I think my word for 21 is listen. And uh, I think, you know, often we need to listen more than we speak. Now, I'm not saying that I have that one figured out, but it's a core, core value. I'd also say that it's important to be kind to other people. And as you listen to hear what they say and what matters to them, and be kind in response, whether you agree with them or not, and that it's okay to agree to disagree um, and that most people are looking for peace and where can you help them find peace of mind is to just value them and respect them. So probably for 21, I'm going to say, we're going to talk about in my mind, listening, kindness, peace of mind, and respect. Mm. Is that a good That's answer? Is that good enough?
0: That's good. You know, I love what you said there about listening to understand we had a guy on uh, the podcast earlier. He just, well, a few episodes back, he just said something that has just really stuck with me for a long time. And he said, you know, when you're asking questions and trying to listen, are you asking questions to truly understand or to try to prove a point and to convince and uh, just when you said that I was like, man, that is good. So do you do you typically do a
1: word for the year? uh i've only done that the last couple years it's not i'm not one of those that you know always i'm a numbers person instead of a word person um so that's new and uh, i'm a musician too so music songs kind of have been more of a theme but yeah word for the year's new. but it's just where i'm at
0: i didn't know that about you man oh wow
1: how
0: about that that's awesome well you so Amanda all right so you are a busy busy person i also always see you out and about in the community and um we'll talk about that here in just a bit too um but so you, you have your firm there kind of tell us how you got to there um okay. i mean obviously you don't just uh graduate college and boom you're there so take us on okay. the journey to how you got there
1: all right so uh wow my grandfather was a cpa he was one of the first in Alabama. Um, I grant my my is a CPA. He just retired recently, uh, and I wanted to be a musician. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the county, right? Uh, but once I got to Southern Miss on a voice scholarship, I realized that if I don't meet Mr. Wright and I have to actually work to make money and um, have be driven enough to have a career, then I probably should look at one. So, county was an easy one. To be truthful and factual, I, I prayed about it, I didn't get an answer. You know, and oftentimes people talk about direction and if it's something that big of a decision, you should have a sign or whatever, nothing came. But some of the best advice I got at that point in time was sometimes if you don't have a clear answer to something, it might be because you've been given all the ability and resources to make your decision. So you need to decide. Uh, So that was, that was an interesting turning point. And I made that choice to choose accounting. It's been a great choice because you can do a lot with that professionally. I have worked for small firms. A guy in Hattiesburg gave me a chance right out right off the bat. Um, and then I worked for a regional firm for a time pre Hurricane Katrina. Uh, then I moved to North Mississippi and worked for a local firm here for two or three years. Then I started my own firm. Then I started to acquire another firm um, with a couple guys that were retiring. They all approached me, and I got to pick which one I wanted. Um, and then. I merged with Watkins-Uberall in 2014. They're based out of Memphis, or we are based out of Memphis. And we have 11 partners currently, and they needed a tax presence in Tupelo. And they're like, we hear that you're the go-to. Are you willing to do it? And I said no for a while because I had a deal going that was pretty good. But once they approached about the fifth time, I was like, "You know, maybe I ought to give them a chance. And so we, we tried it out for a year, and it's been an amazing opportunity for all involved we have more services that i can offer potential clients and they can you know i have a better team than just myself so it's a win-win and that you know people are asking me how can you do all this that you do and i get to say because i have a great team around me that allows me to continue to grow the firm we'll hire more and more people Um, but i want to make sure we give good customer service to the clients that we do have
0: yeah that's good. You not only help entrepreneurs, you are an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah,
1: I guess so. Yeah.
0: and I, I, I want to ask you real quick. And I know I can tell Logan's got something he wants to ask too, is, you know, I see you out and about a lot. And um, I see you doing a lot of things with, you know, different organizations, BNI, Rotary, and not even just that, but just out in the, out in the community. It, it, it appears like that's pretty important to you. I just want to can you talk about that a little bit how important it is to really be involved in the community, wherever you're located at?
1: Yes. Uh, I don't, I want to say, you know, I don't think that was taught growing up to me. My family was very independent and business minded, but um, also not very, very involved more just kind of to themselves, kind of family. It's not a bad thing. They're a good family and tight knit. Uh, but I think my personality Always has to have a new challenge, I guess. And so I began to realize, you know, how am I? What? How will I continue to feel that I'm fulfilled as an individual? And I started to realize that it all has to do with helping others achieve their goals and dreams. And it, it, you know, there's the golden rule: help others, do unto others as you have them do to you. There's Christian, every Christian faith of you know, reap what you sow and what you give, and givers gain, and I, an all of these different things that. Um, help you grow and achieve and find success have to do with helping others so I would say that it I began to realize I'm going to be more valuable and bring more value to other people if I give back in the community so that's that's why I chose to do it but you know when to say no and when to say yes is what you start to realize as you do that Uh, so I like often like to say as something comes to an end then I feel like it's okay to take on something new if that makes sense
0: yeah, that's good. Like that.
1: Go for it. I love it.
2: Uh, it's really it's it's interesting um, hearing you talk about the having a financial mind, having a numbers mind, um, but then it seems like you quantify success um, more along the lines of impact and helping others achieve their goals. I don't, I don't know if that's something that you can could speak to, but it's just, it's interesting being in a prof- profession where success is quantified by the numbers on the bottom line. Um, and then having that mindset of helping others achieve their goal, um, being the the real success that it, it looks like you're, you're after.
1: Yeah. It's the opposite of what most people think. I would say, you know, I often say somebody that makes $5 with that I know gets treated the same as someone that makes 50 million. Um, and why? Because they value success differently. You know, some of some people, the bottom line is all they care about. They do care about the dollar, have family members that way. Um, and we can, we can help them achieve that goal. if That's exactly what they want. Great, we'll do whatever it takes to get there. Some are just as happy, uh, just making sure their light bill is paid. You know, so I guess it goes back to what I'm learning this year, listening more and what do they need and value and then helping, you know, with what I do know, them achieve that.
2: That's awesome. It, it ties back into your word from last year and having, having balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one thing that I kind of pulled from the, from the beginning, um, I think your, your core principles and, and words for this year, all tied to empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that Corey and I talk a lot about. I um, you know when I'm hiring for any leadership position, The three things that are like non-negotiables are good discipline habits, um, humility, and empathy. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, man, those all tie in um, to listening, kindness, Mm -hmm. um, listening to understand and not reply. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: um, And and I think the world could use a, a little bit more of that and it would go a long way for us.
1: Exactly. And I, I'm, I'm going to say that my personality is opposite of all of those things. So I guess that's why I'm having to learn them. You know, you wouldn't have to focus on them if you were that way. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, you know, all of our strengths are what they are, but if you realize your weaknesses and, and try to improve them, then maybe you're becoming a better person.
2: I would say my, my wife, it's something that I struggle with. Um, my wife has helped me a lot with—I um, don't know mm-hmm. if you could call it self-awareness. Um, I call it steady awareness, um, but she's helped me become uh, much more aware. And and but that really is the key yeah. uh, to making those improvements. Um, yeah. So it's it's um, awesome to hear those things.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. I think awareness is really key in any any kind of growth, you know. Because I, I find myself on the opposite in being too too far on the empathetic side mm-hmm. and you know that that can be just as just as bad too you know and I even mean, if you don't have that awareness of areas that you need to grow um that, that can that can really hurt one in life but also business too so um curious you've worked with all kind of businesses i, I i'm just personally curious myself um what, what have you seen some that like some attributes or or things that businesses have in common that separate that successful from some of the
1: unsuccessful? ha you know, I often have a few that I would say everything they touch turns to gold. Yeah. And uh, so you're asking kind of what would make them different? Um, I think it really, you just, some people just have a natural knack. If that, you know, uh, it's a gift. It really is. Uh, that, I th- and it kind of is correlated with w- wisdom And making the right decision with your gut check you know um and some people just make poor decisions you know they choose the wrong person to get into relationships with and they they chase a dream when maybe there's some you know red flags showing up they shouldn't chase and so um but something i I would say you know the ones that i've said everything they touch turns to to gold maybe part of it has to do with their history you know who they who taught them, you know, there's the whole nature versus nurture thing, like who are they innate? And then also what have they seen? Um, Probably they've seen some other people and had mentors around them that helped guide them as to how to to do business because business is not something you're going to naturally understand automatically. But you can kind of like what Logan's saying about, you know, key things I need to have when I'm going to hire someone, you figured that out because you've either made mistakes or someone's told you this is what you need to look for, you know? So we learn and I've, I've often thought I want to learn from other people's mistakes. So I don't have to make that mistake myself. So if they have that mentality, I would say those are the ones that do well. They're being self-aware. They're asking people for help. They're not just trying to do it all in their own. They know that the, I spent a whole year doing an MBA program to learn that the individual doesn't have it all together. You need, you need multiple people to figure out the team. You know, that's all i learned that whole year. Uh, so, you know, it, maybe someone will listen to this and realize that was all, you know, I don't have to pay for an MBA, <laughs> just come and listen to this podcast, you know, but yeah. that's it. And I'd say
2: that's the difference. Yeah. and I've talked, talked some about that. One of the biggest things that I've learned over the past three to five years is that, and especially last year, uh, nobody has it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, nobody had a blueprint for last year. Uh, For 2020, the people that had higher aptitude, a faster ability to learn, evolve, adapt or the people that that I saw that that won Mm -hmm. and the people that didn't were the people that got behind. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's there's no MBA course out there. There's no major out there. There's no uh, crash course you can take or really life experience unless you lived through Mm
3: -hmm. the
2: depression. Uh, that could have prepared you for how quickly things changed last year. Um, You're in a position where you see those numbers from the person that's making $10 an hour to the person that's making $50 million a year. Um, What were the consistencies in people that were high performers last year and people that got behind and, and didn't adapt as
1: fast? I would say some of them had no choice. You know, if your business was forced to close, which, you know, personally, I don't know that I agree with that. Um, I'm going to go that far to say that I don't know that as a government should intervene on an American business to whether or not you can operate. And I, yes, I said it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you're forced to close, what control do you have over that other than creating a new type of business in that environment to try to survive? And I think some people did do that. Um, but the ones that thrive the most are the ones that you know can work outside. And what a weird opportunity that those are the ones that thrive. You know, 12 years ago with the economic real estate crash, uh, those people were the ones that suffered. And then this time, they are the ones that thrive. So you know, it's it's it has to do with all the factors of the current issue. And I think that so some of it had to do with who they were and how they adapted. But I think a lot of it also has to do with with what the circumstances were and as we all worked through those as they came. I don't know, you know, I do think you're right though. The ones that decided to adapt, you know, especially thinking about restaurant and curbside and they just did what it took to figure out how to keep their customers and keep social media going. And we are open and this is how you can get to us. The others that just said, Hey, well, we're just closed down to Force tonight. You know, clearly that those are choices. Right. But some of it, it wasn't in their own control.
2: I look at places like Chick-fil-A and every time you drive past, like the restaurant industry got crushed. I I work in the hospitality industry, hotels, uh, airlines, cruise lines, they got crushed. Um, We were fortunate that through um, the right leadership from our CEO and development teams that we were in markets that, um, Though it was a historically um, bad year, um, we outperformed most of um, other companies in similar market segments. Um,
1: when you can, if you cut costs, you can. You know, there's a, there's a lot of options.
2: Right, but then you look at the, like those industries got decimated, mm-hmm. but then you see Chick Fil A and the exactly. drive-through line is around the building. Yep. Um, you know, so there's there are some things you can do and uh, through innovation or adaptation Mm -hmm. or, um, culture systems, whatever they may be. Um, those people really seem to get ahead in a time like last year.
1: Going for them, I would say they already laid the addiction of the population to their product. I mean, I definitely say that, you know, uh, And so, you know, they had that going for them. But if people couldn't have gotten it, couldn't get it or whatever, they would have said, all right, you know, it would have not lasted. Uh, But my pleasure is real and people feel that. And I think that the combination of the product addiction and the service that they do provide um, made them win. So it's a combination of everything.
2: Do you think it could uh, kind of almost attribute back to brand whether that's the brand that the owner has, whether it's the brand that the franchise brings, what whatever it may be, I mean, was that something that was well, a consistency? I mean,
1: I think it's the culture created. I think it goes even further than the brand. I mean, yes, the brand's there, yes, the brand's recognizable, um, but the culture is what people are addicted. Yes, they they like chicken, but you know what? There's good chicken down the street, um, even locally here. Uh, but it's the it's the it's the whole feeling the whole aura people have with the experience so it, it's a it's create it's become a culture even more than just a brand it's like a way of life like people that go there of course i did some influencing a little bit for him last week <laughs> our last he asked me to post about it and why i use curbside and um and it's because that's it's a it's a way of life so it goes even be more beyond the brand so how do you how do you break society with that it's a golden ticket that people in business would need to or you know chase that all the time and it comes down to uh, you know what it ties back to balance how do you tap people spiritually emotionally mentally and physically you know they're eating that chicken and they like how it tastes okay but that's not there's more to that they're, they have a spiritual connection with chick-fil-a i know that's really weird but it's true you know so how do you tap them on all four scales maybe is, is the answer good
0: you know um I wanted to ask you kind of going back to your your story when you and I first started working together you were at one location you said you know you're having is a good setup and I'll, I want to kind of look at it from from the angle of making decisions because you had an opportunity you had a good opportunity and then you had another opportunity how do you how do you make decisions whenever it's
1: good versus good you know how just and, curious from your standpoint. And you know, I, weirdly enough, I had this conversation with my son this week because he's working through what academic classes to take, you know, um, to finish out this next year and play football at the same time. So I think it it's the same answer personally and professionally. How do you make major decisions? Is in in its pros and cons, and it's that simple. You know, do I buy this house? Um, do I? use this wireless cell provider, you know, like um, all the decisions we all make, it's all pros and cons. And I list them out. I do it that simple. You know, I, I evaluate what are the pros if I were to choose this path? What are the cons? And then I, then I, I sometimes you seek other people's advice too. You know, I, I went to other people and I, I said, you know, here's what I'm dealing with. I need you to think through this. What do you think? Like, I, you know, got to have, you need to have a mentor that's guiding you above you and then a mentee at all times so that you're helping them too. Uh, and, and input from both sides, because it's kind of like what Logan said, they, they carve off the parts of you that aren't, you're not thinking about certain avenues with it or whatever. Um, but then, you know, if they equal and they marry and the pros and cons are, you know, almost equal, then you go with your gut yeah. and I, what do I want to do? You know, what, if I were to lean the day I had this conversation with my son, you know, both of these are good. What do you want to do? And he hates making decisions. He hates it. Like he just like, and I'm over here like, we just got you just gotta choose and you gotta live with whatever choice you make and own it and move forward as if it was the best decision you ever made. Um, but I tell you, when I made that decision to switch and merge, there I also made sure there's a big undo clause. You know, uh, if I I go down this path and it's not what you thought it was and it's not what I thought it was and at any point, either one of us want to undo, I need the ability to do that. I need the freedom to do that. And we did do that. And after a year, it was a no-brainer. Everyone was like, this is the great choice. But now I'm not going to say every choice goes that way. You know, sometimes, sometimes just as much in business as the making the right choice and being successful is also the one to know when to stop. You know, this business is not the right choice right now, or maybe it's not the right time or the resources aren't available. Uh, So just as wise as it is to chase dreams, it is to cease them at the right time and not have a loss or bleed for too long from a financial standpoint.
0: Yeah, you're speaking my language right there, having a mentor and then a mentee you got. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of thinking on that, how important it is to be having somebody poured into you, but you can't just be that reservoir. You got to be that river that it Mm -hmm. flows through as well. And, um, just how important that is. And I I love what you said earlier too, about, you know, I I wish I could have written that down. I'm going to have to go back and record or rewind that, you know, and listen to it. But you said something along the lines of, you know, um, Sometimes if I don't know the exact decision, maybe it's because I've got the talents and ability to make the right choice. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a quote, it goes something like, um, I think we read it in one of our books. He said, you know, in a moment of decision, the best choice to make is the best decision. The next best is the worst. And then the worst thing you can do is no decision at all. Mm -hmm. Getting stuck in that and see a lot of people get that analysis by paralysis too another thing that i've seen is um people just don't know what they want they don't know where to go too and it makes decision making difficult
2: Mm -hmm. man that's um something that i used to really struggle with um was not wanting to make decisions um i love analyzing things Mm -hmm. um i like spreadsheets i like numbers i like to look at things with Um, how many scenarios can I run at it? What's the best case? What's the worst case? What's every case in between? Um, and something, a couple of things that really freed me, um, from that, that you hit the nail on the head. Um, one is not making a decision is making a decision. Um, and, and realizing that all we can do today is make the best decision with the information we have at hand because mm-hmm. we don't have a crystal ball.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: guess what? Some Something may change. New information can come to, the, to light down the road. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that it was a mistake or the wrong decision. It means that now we might need to pivot.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, and secondly, something that I've not heard anybody else touch on, but that has been very near and dear to my heart is the undo button. (laughs) Um, I will make a decision now very quickly, even if it's a really big decision based on how much permanence there is to it. Mm -hmm. If there's not much collateral damage to hit the undo button, it's a no brainer. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. If it's a permanent decision, you know, if it's a house, guess what? We can sell it. Mm -hmm. Um, it, you know, if it's a job, guess what? We can find another job that mm-hmm. there, you know, there are things in life that you can undo and things that you can't. And I think the, the ones where you can't are the ones where you've really got to do the soul search and you've really got to lay out the pros and cons. But some of the other stuff, I think we uh, were commanded to not worry. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. we put a lot of worry into those decisions when, you know what, if, if new information comes up, we can just hit that undo button or we can pivot um and so a lot of times we don't walk in obedience because of future fear
1: mm-hmm. um things that never happen
2: yeah and and there's um you have downside protection if you have that that un, that undo button. I think it's awesome that you put an undo clause um, yeah <laughs> so that's I haven't heard of that before that's awesome
1: oh yeah, why not? It's good for both
2: it is free
1: for both sides
2: um. Well, you talked a little bit about community service um, and and why that's important to you. Um, Something big in your life in 2021 is um, you are seeking political service. Um, Tell us a little bit about um, what you're running for right now. Why would
1: I do that and where did that come from? Why you would
2: do that with the irons you have in the fire and the balance that you sought to achieve last year. And, um, why you're, why you're running for, for city council in Tupelo um, and kind of what your, what your platform is. Sure. Uh,
1: okay. And, and we have limited time, right? No, I'm not going to do, I won't be a politician. I'll be an accountant. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Uh, when I was in the, in between with my own practice, I had an employee that, that, Hey, you know, look with the people, you know, and the, when the knowledge you have financially, you should run for city council one day. And I said, you know, that's crazy. I'm not originally from Tupelo. I've only been here 15 years, you know, and some people think you need to be third generation to be from Tupelo. Um, but I do love the community and I love what we have. And I feel like it's a safe place and it's where I've chosen it to be my permanent home. Uh, so I started the more that kind of idea sat in my mind, the more I just prayed about it and through it, you know, what would that mean? And I didn't ever want to run against Mark Whittington. He's the outgoing um, current councilman he's running for mayor uh, when he made that choice the seat was available with no incumbent and so several came to me and said hey weren't you thinking about this is this would this be the right time uh, and I so I was like well maybe it is um, what is what would what do I think now and do I still have the same abilities and resources you know that would be of value and a lot felt that way so that's where I kind of threw my name in the in the hat but um, what I want to do for community, why would I be award 1? I um, have kind of five, five issues and areas that I, that I one's obvious, the, the city council holds the purse strings, to what they're telling me to the money and finances of the city. So what I do know and how to budget would be of value. Uh, and that was obvious. Uh, two, my son will be a senior next year at Tupelo. He plays football. Um, Dr. Piku lives on my street. My husband uh, does benefits for employees at the school systems, uh, so we're very connected with education in and we want it to continue to be a, an attraction for young families and a reason to live here. And, and a core to this, the community being great is education, so we want that to be of value and remain that way. Uh, three... This is this a selfish and I'm finding though, that it's not totally selfish. There are other, a lot of people that feel this way. But when I trained for three half marathons in 19, there's not a great place in the Northwest side of our city to, to train, exercise, run, bike, any of that. Um, a lot of people try to do it out Butler Road and it's because it's flat and it's uh, a good distance but it's not anywhere close to safe and someone's gonna die. I mean, that's just a fact. People are approaching and it. it's, it's real. Um, and we've got to fix that. Like it, that is just top on my list, I, especially as a female, even over at Robinsfield, I would go run on that track a good bit, but we've paved over it, and I'm sure that was a cost reason. There's just no good physically safe place to be to train. Um, and then two more, and these have kind of one came from Uh, The number four I usually talk about housing, but I'll come back to that one. I'll throw in economic development. Now I, I graduated Jim Ingram leadership class several years ago, it was a great opportunity met a ton of fantastic people. And we got to travel all over and learn about government and what our city does and all the different divisions but one thing that we've got to focus more on and help CDF and development is industry attracting the right industry so we have good jobs. Um, we continually do that for all levels, executive down to day, day labor. Um, and I, that's super important. But last is housing. Um, I love what we've done in West Jackson. And I think we need to continue to make sure our community is a place that people are proud of where they live. And But at the same time, we need to make it affordable. Uh, and the professional side of me wants my clients and uh, that want to invest in commercial real estate and residential real estate have those opportunities that um, are clear and agreed upon with the city. And I don't know that we have that right now. Um, we need to bridge the gap between what's affordable. You know, $1,500 more in on rent is not affordable for a young couple that just moved here. Like, they can't afford that. Um, so what can we do that's that makes them proud to live, but at the same time, be a financial option for people that want to invest so those kind of are my top five issues and i I usually like to leave it with saying you know i chose community of tupelo as my permanent home that i want to have and live and have my family but i also want young families and other future families to make that choice too so it's important that we have a key solid city government that provides that opportunity
2: so health and fitness affordable housing yeah Positive financial impact for community members and upward mobility, yep. um, jobs and education.
1: Yep,
3: I,
2: I think you're speaking everybody's language.
1: <laughs> Cover. I mean, somebody will tap one of those, right?
3: Right, right.
0: I'm all in on the exercise stuff. I, I'm. I we we used I, to Gory live and, uh, Gory I, I
1: to
2: the way. And tuned out after you said
1: You don't. <laughs> I, I know. mean, I, I really felt like it was selfish, but you laugh, and every. Five to ten people I talk to, there's somebody that feels as passionate about it that as me.
2: The the reason that I have not gone to a local bike shop and bought a uh, bought a bike is because my wife said there's nowhere safe to ride. Yeah, that's not
1: okay. uh,
2: And I can't yeah. just go get a mountain bike and hit the mountains uh, as much as I would love to. You know, go to Denver every day and ride some trails. Okay. Um, that's not that. feasible. Um, so I'm kind of stuck in the middle, and so I, I end up going to a gym
1: gym. yeah and And that's
2: just sad yeah (laughs) uh, (laughs) a little vitamin d would do a a lot lot for everybody in in the community right
1: especially given this pandemic you know we do need to be outside more it's a safer place to be so
2: this well this is something we talked about a year ago but um rhonda patrick is a i can't remember exactly what she is what type of biologist it is um but doctor um And was quoting some stats that I believe it was, um, it was either Sweden or Switzerland, 96% of people that had adverse, um, COVID outcomes were vitamin D deficient.
1: Yeah. I've seen well, we're not
2: talking about vitamin D and zinc and, and those sorts of things. So yeah, no, if you can our... get everybody outside riding bikes and running, you'll probably, that'll like be the cure. Tupelo will be like COVID resistant.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> micropolitan <laughs> of the world Say, that's right. solves COVID.
2: <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about, um, you'd you'd mentioned uh, affordable housing, but also attractive to investors. Yeah. Um that ties back into your word for the year last year with, with balance. How do you kind of balance those things? Uh, my wife and I did a couple of, um, lived in and flipped a couple of houses on West Jackson street when that was going on. And yeah. it was great for us from an affordable living standpoint and from an investment standpoint. Exactly. Um, but I will say, um, we got hung up on appraisals. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was one of those things where we, we were the first one to sell,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, but kind of hit a, a ceiling where the city was really trying to incentivize investment there.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: but then the investors got penalized.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so kind of talk about the, how you walk that line, that, that tightrope of balance with creating affordable housing um, and then it also being attractive from an investment standpoint. What are some I things? I think we could do? If,
1: you know if I had the um, the golden ticket on that answer, <laughs> then we would I would we wouldn't be an issue. We would have already figured it out. You know, so I think it's one of those that we're going to have to keep continuing it to be a dance. Like take one step forward, see if, see what this works, and if it doesn't, like you're saying, the word pivot. Um, we just kind of keep. We all want to move that direction. It's just okay. Let's let's try this and see if that works and does that hit. And then is that the answer, or should we try it this way? And I think they're already they are definitely pursuing that. I don't understand all of their reasoning um, on some things that I got to figure out when I get on the inside as to decisions we we, they've not made. Um, But there's a fine line between making the step, making the investment, saying this is the direction we're going, and then everybody buying in and it all working out for everybody somebody, as we do the dance, will, will be affected. I, I do know one thing that goes along with it that I learned elsewhere. Um, when we lived in Hattiesburg, we bought and sold several properties and did new construction. And I learned and saw that the developers shared the wealth down there. You know, they would go in and do the basic infrastructure for a development, but then the contractor would have rights to certain lots and the, the equity that would be shared would be between the contractor and the home buyer which was very valuable because we would go into a new con- new house with you know, $20,000 worth of equity for a young couple that's significant. Uh, here, that's not the case. Most of the developers already have, you don't wanna say sucked all the value out, but they go in knowing what the value will more than likely be and they hold it to that standard and the contractor, is their hands are tied a good bit to be in with those developers. And then when the home buyer buys, they're buying at full price is that right and is that fair, are we sharing with what we should, I think maybe we could do better, is my opinion, having seen what I've seen elsewhere, Um, and and maybe that's just good that I've seen that elsewhere, to be able to bring that idea, uh, whether or not we can implement that with who's currently playing, I don't know, you know, and we probably could, though, I feel like with city involvement, I might could do more about that.
0: Yeah, well, you, you definitely don't get the answer if you don't start asking and, and trying to yep. figure it out. So that's I right. think that's great. You know, w- what I hear with all of those five things is the key thing I hear is being more attractive to businesses, families mm-hmm. and, and you know, leaders. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of great things going for our city and our region. Okay. And um, yeah, how I want to make it
1: real clear. Let me add this. I don't I think we have a fantastic city. I just want to keep making it even better. You know, yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with anything that we have right now, or I wouldn't have chosen what we have. You know, I I think it, but there's always room for improvement.
2: That's exactly what I was going to say is um, I've lived in in Atlanta. I've lived in Memphis um, suburbs of each and have friends everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I love living in Tupelo. Um, It's, you can have a, a low cost of living in yeah. comparison to, to other areas, but high earning potential exactly.
3: um,
2: there, you know, we don't have crazy traffic issues mm-hmm. um, at, except around Christmas time at the mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, a strong sense of community, the, the restaurant um, scene in Tupelo over the past five years um, has okay. been awesome. I mean, I'm proud yeah, to take amazing. my friends from Atlanta out to eat when when they come to Tupelo, and that's yeah. not something that I could say ten years ago or or six or eight years ago. Um, it's awesome, but I, I do think we need the right people in leadership um, in public office to keep the needle moving the right direction um, because we're we're kind of at an inflection point where we can lose that momentum or we can keep that momentum and and really the next decade see blow, Thrive.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about where, where the city is going. I, I truly do. And um, some great things. And I, I love that. And Amanda, I uh, really appreciate your time. You've added a ton of value. We, we also kind of like to uh, end with some rapid fire questions. So okay. we've got just a few more, uh, okay. just super rapid fire. So uh, I'm curious for you. Are, are, do you like to read?
1: Yes. But currently with three jobs is what I've been saying. (laughs) I mean, I don't get to read as much, but yes.
0: What are you, well, if you're not reading anything,
1: what's been a book that's really made an impact on you? One that I would say recently, I even referenced yesterday, uh, it's margin. Um, It talks about how you need to make sure you create enough time in your life. and You don't schedule yourself too far. Um, And I'm, Author is not with me right now because I read it electronically. So, you know, when you don't see it, you don't see that. But, uh, it's it talks about you know creating space for for things that come up that you need to make time for, whether you know, and it, remind, it reminds you. And when you talk about balance, it goes, you know, I think that's where it all a lot of it all began when I went down that path. So, I would highly recommend the book Margin. While you keep asking me questions, I'm gonna look up the author.
0: Yeah, that's all good. I was just going to ask you, what do do you have a half marathon
1: plan this year? Uh, No, I have a medal waiting on my desk that I'm going to run a COVID. um, And, you know, I have a medal that if you would have run a race, you can earn this one on your own. So I'm going to run just a COVID marathon. (laughs) Not a full. Never will I run a full. Well, that was my next question. When's the full? (sighs) I think I'm too old, Corey. I'm I'm 45. I'm, I'm a tennis player. You know, there's only so much this this elderly body can do. So uh, I would say, you know, let's keep doing halves. Maybe every state would be my goal instead of going for the whole. Community. Yeah, that's cool. I've awesome. hit Alaska. I did Arkansas to Mississippi, Alaska, and Las Vegas, Nevada. Wow. So I, I've, I've got a good start.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's good stuff. Well, you're primetime. 45, that's prime time. So <laughs> no, you're no, good.
1: No, that's midlife crisis. You just <laughs> <and> you're just hitting
3: your <laughs> stride.
1: Uh, the author of Margin is Richard Swenson, S-W-E-N-S-O-N-M-D. So it'd be one that people should read.
0: Good deal. All right, Logan, what, what, what's your question that, that you love to ask?
2: Um, what is one thing over the past five years that you knew to be true that you discovered was, in fact, not true? Wow. <laughs> And while, while you think about it, I'll go back to, to mine um, from earlier. I thought that people in certain positions had it all figured out.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then somewhere along the line in the past two or three years, I realized that everybody's just learning as they go. Why, why
1: are you thinking of that? Oh, you
0: go ahead, Corey. Um, I've heard Logan ask that several times, and he's never put me on the spot, I don't think, for that. And uh, because I, I didn't really know, but after listening, you know, one of the things that I've learned, Logan, is when I was younger, I thought adults acted like adults. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've changed. I don't know if uh, all adults would act like adults, you know, because when you're younger, I was like, you know what? People are going to be a little bit more mature and they think. Nah, but, they're uh, just to I don't know if that's the case. So if
2: I had a dollar for every time, last year i asked my wife why do we always have to be the adults (laughs) (laughs) then then i would probably not work anymore
1: when do you become an adult you know that's that's a key question Uh, only when you decide to i guess i guess
2: so what is something that you knew to be true that you discovered in the past few years was not
1: i would we teach Seniors at First Baptist, and this is something that we've decided that they need to, they need to know, they're being told a, a lie that you can be anything you want to be. And uh, I think a lot of parents say that because we want that for them and Amer- it's the American dream and the reality is it goes back to what we talked about before that you, you as an individual only have certain abilities and capabilities. Not all of us are going to be an Olympic athlete. If you wanted to be that, it's just not impossible. There's only enough room for the elite. And so, but you do need to do your best, and I think that's what I try to teach my son. There's always someone that has more capabilities, and someone that has less, and someone that has more resources, and someone that has less. But all we require and ask is your best. And I think that that if we change it in a little bit and don't sell a lie, and I used to think it that I could be anything because people told me that, and I began to realize that I'm limited to my resources. I might could be anything with the team. Or, or support the other one that has that ability, but I, I need to focus on what's best for me. That's good. I like that. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Amanda, well, like I said, you've added a ton of value. If anyone wanted to find out more about, you know, working with you and your team, but also maybe uh, wanted to support you and your run for city council, how would they get in touch with you?
1: Uh, my office is downtown West Main. It's our headquarters for campaign and it's also my obviously my cpa firm uh 417 west main we're next door to firestone and across from first methodist on on main street downtown uh, my office number is 269-4014 and i have a campaign email address that is amanda angle for ward the number one at gmail.com amanda angle ward one at gmail.com and I think it I, when I, we actually put it in, it's Amanda Angle One at gmail.com, Which is kind of it's a it's a it's almost like a Twitter handle or a hashtag that you know maybe may make people think a little bit.
3: Um,
2: Corey will link to all that in the in the show notes as well. If you could give us the phone number one more time with the uh, area. Okay. All
1: right, six six
2: two. Listeners 662- that are that's
1: awesome. true. I didn't think about that. Six six two two six nine four zero one four my office number and i always return every phone call and every email maybe not same day but i certainly try within a reasonable time. she
2: night. does whenever i email her my phone rings
1: because <laughs> i, I tend to
2: ask really short questions that require really long responses
1: okay.
2: so i generally get a phone call
3: back
1: yeah because most of the time an accounting answer is maybe let <laughs> me give you all the all because they, they yeah they think it's going to be a short sure when that's never the answer
3: (laughs) right right
0: that's good well man we do we do appreciate you and your time and uh thank you guys for taking the listen we hope it has added value to you and make sure to subscribe to principles with Corey logan so you can stay up to date with any of the new episodes and uh you guys have a great day and god bless thanks so
2: much for spending your time with us today as you go about your day remember to ask yourself as a parent